the thing could happen to other listed companies, other public companies. Well, actually, it's hard to comment and hard to say uh, what we will see um, in the next uh, days or two. Um, as we all know, some of the, the uh, investors of this company, they may be a supporter um, of this company uh, or supporter behind um, this newspaper. So in terms of um, investors um, buying, they're not talking about the, the fundamentals or, or about their like valuation and et cetera. Mm. Uh, but uh, as one of the columnists of this newspaper, I was already told, oh, you don't have to um, send them article, uh, send us article anymore. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, really? it, may be, <laughs> it may be a sad thing, but I have, honestly speaking, uh, I've been get used to it because like, uh, this is not the only one. Like uh, Metro Daily is used to be one of the most popular um, free newspaper in Hong Kong, already closed, closed down. So I, I get used to it. Um, farewell, uh, goodbye, and and so on. But uh, after all, we have st we still have to move on. Okay. Well, thank you all very much. You heard that Dickie Wong, head of research at Kingston Securities, Stuart Allcroft, chairman of City Trust, and our international economics correspondent Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. In the markets this morning, uh, in Australia, the ASX 200 is off 0.4% now. Stocks are rallying in Japan, the Nikkei 225 up a quarter of percent. They're also up slightly in South Korea. The Cosby has moved 0.2% ahead. Uh, futures markets indicating that Hang Seng is going to open about half a percent higher in just under half uh, an hour's time. In the commodities markets, gold is slipping a little bit, $1,778 an ounce. Brent crude oil is at $74.97 a barrel. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for more uh, Money Talk. Back chat is coming up in just a moment after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Steve Vines. The weather forecast for today, cloudy with occasional showers. Those showers are going to be heavy at times with squally thunderstorms. The maximum temperature around 29 degrees. And the outlook is for heavy showers and squally thunderstorms early tomorrow, but they will lessen gradually in the following few days. 27 degrees right now, 82% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. For the city's first national security suspect will begin at the High Court this morning. The case has focused attention on the controversial security laws which critics say curtail individual rights and freedom of speech. Sean Kennedy reports. 24-year-old Tong Ying Kit is charged with terrorism and inciting secession for allegedly driving his motorbike into a group of police officers while flying a protest flag that read Liberate Hong Kong Revolution of Our Times on July 1st last year, one day after the security legislation came into effect. Mr Tong also faces an alternative charge to that of terrorism, causing grievous bodily harm by dangerous driving. He's been held in custody for almost a year, with the court repeatedly denying him bail and rejecting his lawyer's application for a writ of habeas corpus challenging the legality of his detention. Mr Tong's trial is expected to last 15 days and more than a dozen witnesses are expected to testify. China has sharply rebuked Canada for leading 41 countries in a call to allow the UN human rights chief immediate and unfettered access to investigate reports of widespread abuse in the region of Xinjiang. The 41 signatories told the Human Rights Council in Geneva they wanted an investigation into allegations that China routinely subjects more than a million Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities in Xinjiang to forced labour, detention and torture. 
Earlier, the Canadian ambassador to the UN, Leslie Norton, read out a joint statement. We urge China to allow immediate, meaningful and unfettered access to Xinjiang for independent observers, including the High Commissioner, and to urgently implement the Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination's eight recommendations related to Xinjiang, including by ending the arbitrary detention of Uyghurs and members of other Muslim minorities. A BBC investigation has found over 2,000 migrant children being detained in a camp in El Paso in the U.S. state of Texas in appalling conditions. The facility at Fort Bliss is overcrowded and ridden with disease. Here's the BBC's Hilary Anderson. In the searing heat of the desert in western Texas is a camp of massive white tents. Bunks are stacked tightly, stretching in long lines. Employees in the camp have told the BBC that due to crowded conditions, hundreds of children have been sick in the camp, either from COVID, the flu, strep throat or scabies, and that lice have been widespread. Secret audio recordings of camp staff and training meetings shared with the BBC indicate that there's a shortage of medical care and that some employees have been sexually abusing children. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Steve Vine. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about Apple Daily and Taiwan's representative in Hong Kong. Apple Daily staff have been told the newspaper could cease operations this coming Saturday unless authorities release assets frozen as part of a national security investigation. The media outlet has already stopped its English and online financial news. Five executives were arrested on June 17th when 500 police officers raided the media group's offices. The chief executive insisted that the arrest had nothing to do with journalism and cannot be described as suppression of press freedom. And she accused the United States of beautifying acts that endanger national security with its criticism of the Hong Kong authorities' crackdown on Apple Daily, saying the territory's national security law must be enforced. What does it mean to the news industry? What impact will this bring? Will other outlets close? Do you think the closure is politically motivated? And what do you think of Apple Daily? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on 233-88266. 233-88266 is the number. And then uh, after about uh, 9.15, 9.20, we're going to be discussing Taiwan's representative in Hong Kong, staff of the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office, returned to Taiwan last weekend after the office said they were asked to sign a statement to support the One China policy. What does that move mean? We'll be talking to uh, Mark O'Neill, China analyst, about that topic later in the programme. Once again, our email is backchat.rthk.hk. Uh, as ever, we have a, uh, quite a few uh, emails on a variety of topics, some related to uh, earlier discussions. Maybe just before we... We've got a few kind of uh, COVID-related and other things, which perhaps we'll get to a little bit later uh, in between the two subjects. Uh, first of all, maybe a, a handful of uh, emails uh, on the subject of the post office plans to uh, knock down the existing 1970s uh, post office building. Um, some comment. This is from Anorak, who says the post office is a new building and represents and presents no historical or architectural merit. It's 1970s reinforced architecture style, which I recall nothing of note in the interior. If it were the 1911 building, it would be worth keeping. Uh, it is not, so it is not. Compare the post office in Saigon, uh, still operating and a wonderful place to visit. Jay says the CCP could expand their existence into the post office. 
And uh, Mike, that's Mike Rouse, our Monday host, says, I can't believe there's another campaign to save an ugly building in Central. The, the GPO HQ has no redeeming architectural features. It could well have been designed and built by Stalin. Uh, when I arrived in Hong Kong in 72, there was a really beautiful old building on Pedder Street other than GPO HQ, which would have been worth preserving. Uh, and uh, Jim says, uh, why should this property be saved a historical? The original one was not repurposed. It was demolished. That comes from Jim. Jim H. Thank you very much indeed for that. Backchat at rthk.hk. Um, joining us for our uh, discussion now, we have with us uh, Clement Wukinman, a DAB member, chairman of the Typo South Area Committee and a former member of the Typo District Council. And Keith Richberg, president of the Foreign Correspondents Club, director and Professor of Practice at the Journalism and Media Studies Centre at the University of Hong Kong. Once again, our email, backchat at rthk.hk. We'd like to hear your thoughts um, on uh, this topic, on the topic of, uh, of uh, Apple Daily. Uh, we've got a few comments. Maybe we'll get to those uh, in just a moment. Let's kind of see how people feel at the moment. Uh, Keith Richburg, good morning to you. Thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us. Uh, what do you think it means to, for Apple Daily to be closing after 26 years? Well, you know, any time a newspaper closes, I, you know, I feel a bit sad, and I think you know, the reading public that still appreciates the value of newspapers feels a bit sad. But, you know, I've been, we've seen way too many closing over the last years, but most of those closed for economic reasons. You know, they couldn't make the transition to digital. They didn't have enough readers. In this case, it's unusual because, you know, they've, they've got plenty of readers, uh, you know, by some counts, the most popular newspaper in Hong Kong. And, by, you know, they've got plenty of money, but they can't access it. So it's actually a kind of a forced closure in this case. So that's why it's particularly troubling. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to, you know, we really have to wait and see. We haven't seen the, the trial. We haven't seen the evidence that the government plans to lay out. Um, it's particularly worrying when they say that there are some 30 or so. And again, we don't know because the government hasn't laid this out. But we read the 30 or so articles um, that have uh, indicated they were maybe supporting sanctions or advocating sanctions. If that is the case, then the, you know, then they're closing down or, or basically effectively closing down by freezing its assets. A newspaper for its editorial opinions, uh, which we have to kind of be wary of. They say this the, the government and the police say this is not an issue of free press. But on the other hand, if they're closing the newspaper because it was advocating something on its op-ed pages, that then we have to be a bit concerned about that. Keith Richberg, um, the chief executive was asked yesterday where the red lines were for journalists following this closure, indeed, following the enactment of the right. national security law. My understanding is that she didn't give a specific reply and said, basically, journalists should know uh, where those red lines are. What do you take away from that? Well, well again, this is, you know, I, I, I reported from Beijing and I reported from Shanghai for the Washington Post before. And, you know, the, you know, once I got called by the foreign ministry because I'd done something bad, and I asked them to explain what it was. And they say, you know what you did. <laughs> it's, it's kind of common in China. They just say, well, you know what you did. <laughs> they don't actually ever tell you where the red lines are. Uh, now, the, as I wasn't at the chief executive's press conference. I understand that she said the law is very clear. That's the problem is the law is not very clear. Um, so, again, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see what evidence is produced. In there's a, if, there's a, if there's a public trial, we don't even know if the trial will be public because the national security law, uh, law allows for trials that are not public. You, you mean again, the trial of Jimmy Lai, do you? Well, the trial of Jimmy Lai and these new executives who were also arrested hmm. under the national security law. So we, 
need to see whether uh, there is evidence beyond simply publishing opinion pieces. You know, which would if it's only about the opinion pieces that they published advocating one thing or another thing, that would be concerning because the law has never clarified whether commentary, opinion, criticism of the government will be considered a breach of the law or if there has to be actively some intent, on, you know, the legal term. The problem is this, the, the national security law was drawn up in Beijing, not in Hong Kong, so it doesn't use the common law terms that people in Hong Kong are used to and that judges are used to. And there's no case law. I mean, there's very little case law because the law just came into effect, you know, you know, a little a year ago. The, the law is, is fairly specific, though, in that it does say it's basically it's against the national security law to call for sanctions. Uh, surely the sort of the question mark would be over, you know, the area of responsibility if you publish somebody else calling for sanctions or whatever, uh, or who exactly made the call or whatever. But the national security law does say and specify sanctions. It does say calling for sanctions against China uh, or, or Hong Kong uh, is a breach of the law. That's fairly clear, isn't it? Well, that is fairly clear. And again, we'd have to see, were these calls, if they, you know, if they indeed have 30 articles, were these calls made before or after the national security law went into effect? Um, they had said the law would not be retroactive. And again, we, we don't have a lot of case law, but calling for sanctions or uh, saying that there is a sanctions bill up before the House, hmm, I think that maybe that would be a good idea. Is that a crime under the national security law? Or, saying, or quoting other people calling for sanctions? Uh, if you, you know, and again, that would really kind of change things around. If journalists can't report on the news, or if op-eds or opinion pieces or editorials in newspapers are are therefore stifled from debating issues before, so we really have to see exactly which articles they consider offensive of the ones that they claim to have. But we don't know because again, we're reading all of this, and they haven't really had a trial where all of this is presented yet in open court. But, but if it's illegal to do this act, if it's illegal to call for, for the imposition of uh, sanctions, Correct. Uh, then, uh, and, and you accept that, then, then whether it's an opinion piece uh, or, or, or not really doesn't make any difference, does it? Well, it would, in the sense that if someone had a, wrote an opinion piece calling for sanctions, and that person who wrote the opinion piece, I think, might be liable for that, uh, for that and might be charged. But you, you case, know that newspapers also have to carry, some, as publishers, newspapers have to carry some responsibility, for, for sure. certainly for opinion pieces. Absolutely. But in this case, they're freezing the assets of the entire newspaper. And again, I mean, you know, when, when police officers go in and take away electronic equipment, you know, you have to ask yourself, if these pieces were published, they already had the published pieces, so why did you need to raid the newsroom? These pieces were already published. You could have easily gone after the newspaper for publishing them and gone after the, uh, the, the authors of the pieces. In this case, freezing the assets of the entire newspaper and forcing the hundreds and hundreds of people out of a job would then seem a little bit redundant if you already know the pieces were published and you know who published them. So again, so it seems that there might be more to this than simply calling for sanctions in some published articles. If uh, the end effect is going to be to shut down the entire newspaper. OK, Mr. Wu, good morning to you. Morning, Thanks morning to you. Thanks for, for, for joining us uh, once again. Uh, what do you make of this? What do you make of the, the closure of uh, Apple Daily? Will you miss it? Um, well, as, as you mentioned, Hugh, um, the police also have to quote what, what the police said. They said that there are strong evidence that dozens of questionable articles published uh, play crucial part 
in the conspiracy which provided ammunition for foreign countries and institutions to impose sanctions on China and Hong Kong. And the Secretary for uh, Security, John Lee, said there are some foreign aided funds were disguised as funds which used to support crimes that endanger national security or violate local ordinances or even help offenders avoid arrest. So, well, um, as Professor you, uh, Richard said... Do you think there's is, a giant conspiracy do you at work here? Well, well as, as uh, uh, Professor Richard, uh, Richard said, we have to wait and see the evidence because it is, it is going to go through the courts. And, uh, well, of course, it is not... Um, uh, you, you wouldn't be happy to, to see companies closing, but um, uh, as, as Professor said, it most, in, in most cases, it is economic reasons, but now it is um, legal reasons, not economic reasons, and... Um, this and is what yeah, I tell you. One thing I don't understand about that is that so you're saying that what that the Americans paid Apple Daily to to produce uh, uh, ad, to produce uh, editorials calling for sanctions against China. Uh, I'm not sure if the Amer- you know we have, we have to see what evidence you know. But uh, is that uh, the claim? Is that the picture that you're drawing? And um, no, I, I'm not. Draw- I'm not saying that American pay. Apple Daily. But you're but saying they supported, they gave money to Apple Daily, isn't that the claim? Well, no, uh, no. Uh, uh, Apple Daily actually actually um, published articles yeah. that um, provide ammunitions for foreign companies or, and foreign institutions like American government and but you talk other about money. Government. You talk about money being involved. Well, well, I, I, well I that's, think, that's what the police said. I think, Mr. Wu, you're, you're, you're confusing two things. The statement which you read out is from John Lee, right? Jo- uh, both John Lee and the police. Yeah. So, John Lee, uh, sorry, can you read that, that again? that was for a different matter i don't think that was a statement related to apple daily or correct me if i'm wrong well but but the the police but the police said that that there are evidence strong evidence that just sorry john lee or the police or both uh police the police yeah you just said john lee sorry okay the police said dozens of questionable articles published no no we're talking about the money money. we're talking about the money Mm -hmm. we're talking about the money you said there was some money involved well, um, uh, Johnny said there, there are foreign aided funds. There are foreign aided funds. You have evidence to be, you know, Being, you have so to go through. Say Americans are well, giving. No, no, not not, not Americans. Okay. Just just foreign aided. Okay, foreign aided funds yeah. are giving yeah. money to to Apple Daily. This is the picture, is it? Used to support crimes that endanger national security. So, you know, there 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 are there are evidences that they giving giving money to Apple Daily. Well, it doesn't say Apple Daily, but if, if this is the case, well, then we're going to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it's not at all irrelevant. No, you have to be... <laughs> we're talking about Apple Daily. The, yeah. you're, you're, you're insinuating that there was money given by foreigners to Apple Daily. Well, uh, you, you remember... Well, that, uh, presumably, that's why you raised that point. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Okay, uh, and then this, and this money is used to... Uh, endanger national security or violate local ordinances. Or even help offenders um, avoid arrest. I, I think you're actually going further than, than either the police or the Secretary of Security. They were, they were talking in more general terms about uh, violations of the national security law. You're applying this specifically to, Nas- uh, to Apple Daily. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the- I'm just saying I think you're going further than the official statements on this. As, as Professor but Richard, if, Richard if that, said, if that's let's what- wait and see. Well, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. Yeah, let's but, wait and see. But, I mean, do you... You say this is a matter of the law. Is it not also a matter of politics? Uh, it is a matter of law. Is it a matter of politics? Is there no politics involved? Is the fact that Apple Daily is the only surviving opposition newspaper of any size, is that totally irrelevant to what's going on? Well, well I, I think that you are, you are... You know, we are actually talking about 
the national security. We are not talking about freedom of press or, or journalism or, or whatever, because they are, you know, they, are, they are arrested not because they are journalists, but because they, um, uh, they, they infringe the national security law. Well, they're alleged to, incidentally. Yeah, that's we, right. we still have so, a system so where people see, yeah. are not guilty until yeah, found. They're going so. to the fruit of, fruit of courts, that's but, right. But, but, that's but, correct. but again, I'm still, I'm still sorry at a loss. Explain. I really don't understand what the picture is. So, the, so outside forces gave money to Apple Daily, is that the claim? Sorry? So foreign forces gave money to Apple Daily. That's yeah. the claim, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, to to do what? To what? Well, no, to well, uh, to in, to um, endanger national security. But in what sense? Whether they are publishing, they are supporting, for example, Mark Simon. You know, you remember the yeah. um, Republican head in Hong Kong. You know. Um, it is. It is said to he be. It is reported to be secretly. Head in Hong Kong. I wish you check your facts before you make provi these statements. Providing, providing money to uh, the so-called pro-democracy pro candidates. You do admit that's candidates. wrong. You've just made an incorrect statement. Pro-democracy. Pro let, let me finish. Pro-democracy uh, people, like like the like the members of the Civic Party, Democratic Party, etc. You know, some years ago. So, so Jimmy Lai gave money to the to the Democrats. Mark Simon and Mark Simon. What for Jimmy Lai? Right. Yes. And, and this is money system. from Hong Kong. This isn't foreign sources, is it? Well, let's let's see the evidence. But Jimmy Lai never made any secret of the fact that he supported the Democrats. Yeah, he gave yeah, money. He, he, he gave money to the Democrats. So yeah. you're saying he's, that, that he's foreign been doing money that was, was, was yes, funneled yeah. through Jimmy Lai? Is that the, the claim that you're now making? I mean, Mark, si ma Mark Simon. So Mark, so Mark Simon got money from outside people. Look, uh, Mark Simon provided the money. Mark Simon worked for Jimmy Lai. Because it was Jimmy Lai's money. He was an assistant working for... He is an assistant working for so let's, Jimmy Lai. So let's see the evidence. It is going through the court, as, as I said, as, as uh, Professor Richbert said. But well, you were saying the money comes from outside? Or does the money come from Jimmy Lai? Suspected it. Suspicion, yeah. Of what? Suspicion of... Well, uh, there, there is money. Provided so who's the got the money to start off with? Sorry? <laughs> who's got the money to start off with? Jimmy Lai's got the money? Well, I'm, or is somebody giving the money to Jimmy Lai, or what? Well, I'm not the court. I'm not the, I'm, I'm not God, you know, so we have no, to... But you're, you're making these claims. Well, you see, if you make a claim, report. you have to be able to substantiate I'm, it. I'm not making a claim. I'm just saying what the, what, what the news, what, what, the, what the report said, what the news said. And we, and, and we have seen evidence, well, but those evidence, whether, whether they, they are so sufficient... Evidence of what? Whether, whether they are sufficient to, to go to the court to... So evidence of what? Well... Um, Mark Simon worked for Jimmy Lai. Yes. Jimmy Lai has been supporting the so-called pro-democracy movement in yes. Hong Kong for so long, giving money to people. Yes. Uh, whether, whether they call it anti-government or not, and then and, and then and then they are publishing. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying purely on the grounds that Mark Simon is an American, indisputable. Mm. He is therefore. <laughs> He, the employee of Jimmy Lai, is therefore shoveling funds through Apple Daily well, into... Steve, I'm, uh, I'm uh, sure you know Mark, who Mark Simon was and what he, what he used exactly to work who, with. I know exactly who Mark Simon was. So, exactly, so, exactly. exactly. So, so Unlike you, who, who has made a false claim about him. You no, say I did, no, I didn't. Well, I'll tell you what the false claim is. It's straightforward. You said he's the head of the Republican Party in Hong Kong. That's incorrect. I don't know why you say these things. I mean, if you want to just make stuff up and no. come on the air and then say, oh, don't I say I said that. I'm quoting you. That's I saw what you from said. the news. I, I saw from the news. Well, That's it's incorrect. It. I'm telling you that. Okay.
But I, I Keith, saw from the news. Okay, Keith, Keith Richburg, um, whatever the money side of it, and I, I'm, I'm slightly at a loss to sort of understand what, what the claim is with the money, um, but, but there was certainly political influence, and, and uh, uh, Jimmy Lai was very close to, the, uh, to, uh, uh, to American politicians, and in particular the, uh, the Republican Party. And, and uh, uh, Mark Simon had, had uh, many connections with the uh, Republican Party, which were, which were quite overt, uh, nothing secret. Uh, and, the, and through him, and uh, in parallel with him, uh, as I say, Jimmy Lai had many, many connections with, with American uh, politicians. Um, that's bound to cause trouble, isn't it? That's bound to raise suspicions. Yeah, of course, exactly. And, but again, I mean, one thing that we have to wait until there is an actual trial, and I, I really, really do hope they make this a public trial with journalists allowed in to report on what's going on, because I think this would go a long way towards explaining to people that this is not about the press, it's about the specific instances of Apple Daily and Jimmy Lai. But my point is, if, you know, for example, we know that if, for example, uh, the charges against him stem from Jimmy Lai flying to Washington, D.C., having a meeting with the U.S. vice president and members of Congress lobbying for sanctions against Hong Kong, that can all be laid out in a trial. But my question would be, was this done before the national security law went into effect? Because it was not supposed to be retroactive. So the question is, what actions were taken after the national security law came into effect, uh, which would be July 1 of 2020, um, that caused this, uh, you know, attempt now to basically close down the entire newspaper? And again, if they've got evidence of it, I really hope they lay this out in a public fashion. And we'll be able to see what this is all about, because right now all we have are kind of snippets of things and journalists being told, uh, don't worry, we've got evidence, but we haven't actually seen what the evidence is. I mean, one defining characteristic of Apple Daily was surely that it was that it was anti-China. That every story had a negative spin when it came to when it came to coverage of, uh, of China uh, or, or the administration. It was relentless in in its criticism and its in its attacks on 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 China. Um, that barely you know deserves to be called a, a newspaper if you're if you're so relentless and uh, and so one-sided uh, in all your coverage. It it, put, it insisted on pulling the tiger's tail, and you can hardly be surprised if one day the tiger turns around and says, "Stop it!" Rather loudly. <laughs> well, 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 exactly. I mean, but look, you know, I, I I have a more expansive view of press freedom than than maybe some others because I come from the United States, and we just believe that the marketplace of ideas has room for everyone. Look, in the U.S., we have Fox News. Uh, some people would say that's not a real news channel; it's a Republican Party, you know, operation. Um, because of the, you know, relentlessly anti-democratic, anti-Joe Biden, anti-Obama stances that it took over the years. But I would still, I would fight to the death for their right to be able to, you know, uh, express their opinion and be included in White House news conferences, even though I might disagree vehemently with their editorial line. And the same with Apple Daily. Yeah, they, obviously, they took a very strong editorial line. A lot of Americans did not like the fact that Apple Daily was uh, basically very pro-Donald Trump. You know, uh, was and was basically you know thinking that Joe Biden would be too soft on China and too soft on Hong Kong, so they were kind of trumpeting for for Donald Trump to be reelected. You know, again, but you know it, that's the right of newspapers. It's kind of one of the old style uh, uh, newspapers from the earlier days when they all took partisan political positions, or some of the European newspapers today that are fiercely partisan. You know, if you go to uh, you know Britain, you know if you you know the Tories have their papers, the Liberals have their papers, the, the Labour camp has their papers. If you go to France, you know you have the Communist paper, and you have the you know the, the right wing papers, etc. And so, but there's there's criticism and there's seeking to overthrow the government, and in many respects, what Apple Daily was doing amounted to 
seeking the overthrow of the of uh, of the government of the mainland and the government of Hong Kong. Well, that's right, and so therefore, again, we'll have. I mean, to you agree? Do you accept that? But what, what that Apple Daily was seeking to overthrow? Well, yeah, again, you have to you have to see what what evidence they're putting out to justify freezing the funds of the entire newspaper as opposed to going against those writing op-ed pieces. You know, if they want to go against those writing op-ed pieces calling for, you know, end-to-one party rule or calling for, you know, this or that, that's one thing. But freezing the funds and forcing hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand of people out of a job and shuttering the entire paper for its political stance is a whole other issue. Because Apple Daily was not simply a political paper just churning out anti-government statements. It also had a lot of, you know, entertainment, a lot of sports, a lot of features, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other things in the newspaper. So we have to see what justifies freezing the funds and shut and running the paper out of business. And then number two, if the government, if you take the government at its word that this is not an attack on press freedom, we'll have to wait and see whether after Apple Daily, if it, if it does close, and let's hope maybe they, they could come out with something, uh, but if it does close, is that the end, or do they then go after other uh, uh, pro-democracy or anti-government uh, media outlets, of which there are some, you know, online outlets, you know, radio stations, uh, digital outlets, etc.? Do they stop with Apple Daily, or do they continue? Okay, a lot of emails on this. I'll just uh, air a couple now, perhaps before the news, and then we'll continue uh, after 9 o'clock. Dennis from Lama says, Applying logic and argument to the national security law is a waste of time, and so is the commentary by all who profess to know about the law. This law is the one law to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. However, uh, well, sorry, Whenever anyone does something that either the Hong Kong government or the CCP doesn't like, then they will be hit with this law. That is the clear definition. No other is needed. That's uh, Dennis. Uh, from uh, Lama. Uh, Matthew says, Clement, prominent mainland scholar Tin Fei Long has described the DAB and other pro-establishment members in Hong Kong as loyal rubbish. In your opinion, will the recent improvement in our electoral system and tighter controls on the media help to improve the quality and performance of parties like the DAB or just reduce competition and scrutiny so they appear less rubbish? CW says, I think Mr Wu is just making things up. Where do you get your information from? And Toby, the policeman, says without going into specifics, police must these electrical items have been used in connection with publishing offending articles to show who actually published that article, as is required to, prov- to provide the chain of evidence. That's from Toby. The weather, cloudy with occasional showers. 27 degrees now. Humidity is at 84%. Back in three minutes. Union five years ago will help it to recover from the pandemic. Critics of Brexit say the negative impacts of the vote are only just beginning to be felt. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning uh, with me, Hugh Chiverton, and uh, Steve Vines. We're talking about uh, Apple Daily. It's uh, imminent uh, closure, uh, it seems. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Clement Wukinman, who's the chairman of uh, Typo South Area Committee uh, and a former member of Typo District Council, a DAB member, and Keith Richberg, president of the Foreign Correspondence Club, director and professor of practice at the Journalism and Media Studies Centre at the University of Hong Kong. Later, we're going to be talking about uh, the situation with Taiwan representatives uh, in in Hong Kong uh, with uh, many of them leaving uh, after they were asked to sign a statement supporting the one China policy. Thoughts on that from Mark O'Neill. And from you we hope you can email backchat at rthk.hk with your questions and comments uh, or you can just uh, join the conversation call us on 233-88266 we'll put you on air it's as simple as that. Okay so uh, quite a lot of uh, response uh, to our discussion so far. Henry on Facebook says what Apple Daily 
is, I remember when I saw so many exaggerated, fabricated stories, stroke news, stroke lies, so many court cases, settlements, apologies and compensation to newsworthy people for Apple's intentional stroke wrong, unlawful deed, stroke reporting. I know Apple Daily is not a respectable nor ordinary company. And when Apple is so anti-China, anti-Hong Kong, when Lai went to US, met Pence, said fight for US, I know Apple has other clandestine work. How could an ordinary newspaper boss have the status and importance to get Pence handshake? Uh, moreover, uh, when I first knew Mark Simon, has US CIA background, I know Apple is up to something and may be involved in some sort of covert ops against Hong Kong and China. Even the way Apple treat their employees now re-resigning, leaving shows it's an irresponsible employer. Why should one work for such a mean-stroke clandestine company? That's from uh, Henry. Uh, Jim says, I have no thoughts on Apple Daily until they've had their day in the SAR justice. And also says, if they are found innocent of charges, all actions can and will be reversed, uh, says uh, Jim. Phil B says, Apple Daily has only themselves to blame. They promote a hate campaign. It's that simple. That comes uh, from uh, Phil B. Uh, Alan says, uh, Backchat, is this politically motivated? Yes. There is no national security involved in a newspaper's advocacy. The Wumao will cite laws with similar names in Western countries. These apply to espionage, terrorism, revealing military secrets, not openly supporting political change. But in Hong Kong, national security is threatened by hanging a flag in your window. This is both absurd and tragic. Uh, that's uh, from uh, Alan. Her also says, uh, your pro-CCP guest is saying that foreign agents paid Apple Daily to do various illegal things. The same xenophobic conspiracy theories about black hands, BS peddled by CY in 2014 and ever since repeated by CCP supporters. Under the pretext of searching for evidence to support these claims, Apple's accounts were locked, its equipment was seized, it's been destroyed as a business, no need to present any evidence. This act of investigation is basically a death sentence for Apple. Hugh said Apple should have expected retaliation for criticising China. Really? So is it legitimate for the police to attack political opponents? That's uh, from uh, Alan. Uh, Jay says, sounds like a lot of the spin doctors are setting up for a nice payout for the legal system and the high and mighty keep them in business for a while at the expense of the workers who lost their jobs. A lot of newspapers are based on opinions, so we take them as free speech and a pinch of salt. So each and make our own opinions. Uh, that comes uh, from Jay. And uh, finally, uh, Vic says, uh, Carrie Lam introduced the anti-extradition law and Hong Kong residents are paying for it. Jimmy Lai pushed his luck and Apple Daily staff are paying for it. Why is one enjoined a sort of resurrection and another rotting in jail? Just a layman wondering. That's from Vic. Our email once again, backchat.rthk.hk. Mr. Will, maybe I could just ask you the really simple question. Are you pleased or would you be pleased to see Apple Daily closed? Well, I personally, yes, I am. Uh, but as I said, it is not a matter of um, you know, um, a freedom of press. Uh, now it is a, a matter of, le it is a legal matter, no rights or freedom, including that of press, can cross the line of national security. So it is, it, after all, you get arrested or, or, or the assets got frozen. It is, it, is, it is because of what you do, but not who you are. Okay, so, so you'll be pleased that it's closed. Presumably you'll also be pleased that, that in Hong Kong there will be no mainstream media left that opposes the government. Is well, that is that a, sh a source of joy to you as well? Well, of course not. But, you know, are, as, as I said, it is a legal matter. It is not a matter of so you would like to see press other freedom. So you would like to see other opposition yeah. papers, would you? Well, 
Uh, I have to decide what what opposition uh, newspaper means because Pe- there, people, there are many people who oppose are, the government. That's what an opposition newspaper does. There, there are many there are many newspapers who publish various articles uh, criticizing what the governments do. That's 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 fine, you know. But you know, the, but you, you don't you, you don't, don't want to see opposition. a paper whose editorial line is opposed to the government. You think that in the current circumstances, there's no space for that. Why not? You I'm know, asking you, you the question. You, <laughs> you know, you know, you know uh, because there is no other people, paper pe- that does that. Pe- well, but there are many newspapers. Which paper? That, Which but paper? There, there are many. Well, give me an example. For example, you know, there are, for example, Ming Pao. Ming Pao is, 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 there, is by editorial policy. No, not editorial policy. Well, that's but, what but, I'm talking about. But, but even if there is, what was the problem? There's, there's no problem. As I said, it is not a matter of freedom of press. It is a matter of legal. It is a matter of infringing the national security well, well, law. I know, not, you, not I know you like to talk about the law because well, of it's a it is com- a, no, no, it's a comfort zone. It is for not you a matter of if you likelihood have an, or not. No, no, I think it's 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 all authoritarian regimes have national security laws which are which are weaponized to suppress freedom of expression. All regimes uh, have and, national and, security law. No, all they, regimes have. National well, let me just law. stop you there. All regimes have national security laws, but they are not implemented in the way that they are within authoritarian systems. Well, what, what the law is not. System? Sorry, the, you, know, you, the, you don't think there's an authoritarian system in China? What we are talking about, Apple Daily? No, of course not. Well, not we're authoritarian China, system. We? I thought we were oh, in China. China is not authoritarian system. Oh, China is not an authoritarian. Well, is is not. it a liberal democracy? I'm getting a bit confused here. Sorry? Is it a liberal democracy? It is not a Western style of democracy. So what is it? It's not an authoritarian system. It is not a Western system. style of democracy. What you know, is it? Well, tell me what it is, not what it isn't. What do, do you know about China? I'm asking you the question. What is it? You've said it is, it it's is not, not an authoritarian system. It is still so rep- rep- representative. You know, we have, peop- we have National People's Congress. You know, they get elected. Come right. on. It is not exactly the same as the, the American style. The National People's Congress then, is elected by universal suffrage? Is that what you're saying? But, but then, for example... The, Sorry, the, is that the, what you're the, saying? The election Come system... Come on, is that in, what you're saying? In, in the US are you saying the, the National People's there, Congress there are kings, is elected by universal suffrage? Right, not universal suffrage, but it's different. Oh, I for see. example, there are kings and queens in, in, in Japan, in the, in the UK... Yes, you they know, don't run the government. They right, don't run the government. Let's maybe get back to Apple Daily. Keith Richberg, you there? Yes, I am here. Okay. Well, I mean, Apple Daily... Yeah, Apple Daily. I'm just thinking of like Apple Daily's role in in a yeah. lot of the, like the demonstrations, the big demonstrations. It's very right. prominent because you see you see thousands of people waving Apple Daily uh, banners. You know, they produce things to be used on the uh, on the demonstrations. They are big promoters. They're right at the centre, the heart of the uh, sure. of the democracy movement. They were they were a very activist kind of newspaper, uh, and that's that's. A long way, surely, from from reporting the news, from reporting what happens, which is the essence sure. of journalism. Sure. Look, and as I mentioned, I mean, the closest to Apple Daily that I could find would be maybe Fox News in the U.S. or the New York Post, which became active proponents of uh, the Republican Party and most recently President Trump. You saw Fox News uh, star TV anchors on stage introducing you know, President Trump at rallies. You know, so you know, you could you could arguably say it just became part of the Republican Party the same way you could say Apple Daily here was part of the part of the political opposition. It was part of the pro democracy political opposition to China and to the, the Hong Kong government. Um, and I don't think that uh, you know Jimmy Lai or others would dispute that. Uh, Apple Daily was a player. Now the the question is. Are, are they being targeted now by the police and the national security apparatus because of their role as a part of the political opposition, or 
are being targeted because of being a newspaper, we'll know that if after Apple Daily uh, closes, does this campaign continue? Do the, does the government, do the police go after other uh, outlets, other media outlets? You know, you know, don't forget, when this law came in, the national security law, they said it's only going to target a very small number of people. Well, at the moment, we're going to end up with hundreds and hundreds of people losing their jobs you know, who work for Apple Daily. Many of them, probably the vast majority of them, who were not involved in political coverage or anything else. They were covering entertainment. They were covering sports. They were covering, you know, they were covering all kinds of things outside the political sphere. You know, Apple Daily was a lot more as a newspaper than just its editorial line and its political I want to Keith Vakala for another example, uh, which is perhaps even more pertinent. You look sure. at Humanité in France. In fact, you, 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 you referenced this earlier on, yeah. the paper of the French Communist Party, which called for the overthrow of the state, which took part in demonstrations, etc., etc. Humanité um, more or less died because nobody was interested in it, but it didn't die because the state said, you can't publish those views. Everybody knows that in, in every country in the world, there are some red lines in terms of press freedom. The U.S. is probably the most expansive of all. If you're in Germany, you can't publish a, a paper that promotes Nazi views. You know, if you're in Thailand and you criticize the king, you'll get shut down. I mean, if you have a newspaper or any kind of an online media site in Indonesia or Malaysia that blasphemizes Islam or the prophet, you're probably going to get shut down or you know, you'll have a knock on at the door from the national security, or in those cases, they call it internal security uh, police, which is basically what this is here in Hong Kong. It's about internal security, it's not national security. But again, you know, everybody knows where these red lines are. The problem here in Hong Kong is this law is so new, we don't know where the red lines are exactly. We don't know what is allowed and what is not allowed. And in the case of Apple Daily, we don't, we're not sure whether it's being targeted because of its, uh, its pro-democracy you know, campaigning and advocacy, or if this is a matter of just shutting down opposing uh, opinions appearing on their editorial and op-ed pages. Okay. We don't know that yet. We have to wait and see the evidence when the trial goes. All right. Well, yeah, on, on that topic, more, more emails and, and a call. Uh, John says, uh, the evidence, irrelevant. Uh, your guest keeps mouthing, let's see the evidence. I don't believe... Uh, such convincing evidence exists but the ccp police force is not waiting for a trial when it will be forced to actually present its evidence it's closing down the newspaper now by freezing all their funds when the courts rule that the evidence is flimsy or non-existent or not relevant to the period after the nsl came into force it won't matter apple daily's alternative voice will be gone this is the genius of the repressive strategy they're using every tool in the legal arsenal uh, to shut down critics of the government. Rule of law is dead. The new Hong Kong is ruled by law. That's uh, from uh, John. CW says, Keith Richburg, thank you for talking such common sense with a balanced view. Uh, and uh, Matthew says, can you give... Clement, an opportunity to answer my two questions. That was on the uh, the, the DAB. Uh, you rarely get, so rarely get any DAB people on the programme that we are not able to engage with them. Uh, is the other guest, Keith Richberg from Hong Kong U. I recall him being very direct and forthright before, but he sounds very tentative and is dancing around the obvious now. Keith, are you more concerned to speak directly? That's uh, from uh, Matthew. Uh, Matthew, I think, I think that your questions were about electoral reform and the future of the, the DAB. Maybe that's the thing we could talk about in another time, on another occasion. 
occasion, but I think we're, we're trying to focus on, on Apple Daily um, uh, this morning. Uh, James says, uh, thank you for your robust questioning today. As an Australian permanent resident, does buying a, couple of, a copy of Apple Daily make me a foreign force financing a dissident voice? If so, I could not be more proud. If I'm taken to a sports ground in Taiwan and shot after a provocatory trial by one of Carrie's puppy judges, then I will die proud. How has it come to this? Why did they do this to Hong Kong? That comes uh, from James. Andrew Kay says, Steve is out of his depth again. He has little knowledge about China. I wonder if he's ever been to China. <laughs> Pinky, that's Really? What? That's the best you can do? <laughs> uh, Mark Pinkston says, there were suggestions earlier that the... U.S. was channeling money to Apple Daily stroke Next Digital through the purchase of its shares. Jimmy Lai's trail will be mammoth worth of movie. That's from uh, Mark Pinkston. And James says, uh, what about U.S. property-loving developer Ronnie Chan? How many times has he run to Washington in the past? And now, to win dual sites from the government, he kowtows, which can't be so easy for him. Um, thanks very much indeed for that. I think we've got a caller on the line. Good morning. Hello. Hi, yeah. Uh, this is Mimi Reasoning, uh, School of Reasoning. Um, host, uh, from years, I emphasize love and care is very important, but with reasoning, it's very important too. I have two questions this morning. Um, CEO said, criticism doesn't mean national security against. So, may I ask, if I do not support the uh, turning down or pulling down all the industrial premier to public estate. Because as a place, you have a balance. People can earn a living and they can live here and then they, they can spend money here. Then it will be a good ecosystem. Okay. If and, and you maybe, what turn was your, down something... Yeah, what was, your, cut, what was your other question? Can I ask? Yeah. And then so... I also well, take this opportunity to ask why men do so many bad things. Because in journalism or news, <laughs> reporter, the industry, some of the people have to take out some dark sides so that other people know the pitfalls and also avoid to falling down the pitfalls. So I not totally agree with Apple Daily, but in so many years, they let me know something that I should know. Okay, so they tell you things other people didn't. All right, Mimi, thank you very much indeed for, for your call. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 233 uh, is the number. Uh, Alison uh, says, oh, that's uh, maybe something different. Uh, Pinky, this is Mark Pinkston again, says, thanks, Keith Richberg, for very balanced and uh, fair comments uh, concerning uh, Apple Daily. Uh, true professional. That comes uh, from Pinky, Mark Pinkston. Did you want to... Uh, well, <laughs> Steve, thank you. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean uh, Keith Richard. Uh, do you see? Uh, uh, do you see it likely that uh, you know that there will be any? Do you see any possibility that there will be any kind of democratic voice in the media in the future in Hong Kong? Well, I think everybody's going to be afraid to be uh, too critical of the government in the future. That's that's why that's why this is so troubling here. And again, you, you still have Stan News, you still have HK001, you still have a, you know, a couple of things that are online, you still have Hong Kong Free Press uh, that are out there, and that's why I said what's crucial now, and, and look, like, to be perfectly honest, I think everyone knew that Apple Daily was the number one target when the national security law came in. I don't th so I think uh, people have been asking me, you know, what do I think about this arrest? 
these arrests uh, uh, this past week and this, you know, 500 policemen raiding the headquarters. And, you know, my reaction was I'm shocked but not surprised. I mean, we all knew this was coming because Apple Daily was, uh, you know, was, was very much into, you know, advocacy and, and uh, you know, anti-China promotion advocacy, helping organize protests, etc. Now, that's not to say it's correct. I'm just saying I'm not surprised by it. I would be surprised and even more shocked if after Apple Daily is closed, and let's hope it doesn't, let's hope something comes up, but if it's closed, if you start seeing uh, the authorities going after these other uh, news outlets that are left, and again, these are much smaller, they don't have the reach of Apple Daily, they don't have you know nearly the megaphone that Apple Daily had, but if they do allow these other ones to continue to operate, then you could say that, okay, this was targeted at Apple Daily very specifically because they had, in the view of the government, not in my view, but in the view of the government, crossed the line between being a news outlet and being an advocacy or an outlet or a pro-democracy promotional outlet. They, they cross some kind of invisible red line that the government has, but these other outlets are able to operate safely. We, and again, I keep saying we just don't know because we don't know if this is the first step against the press. And, you know, there have been signs that they do want to, you know, control the press with patriots more. Or is it Apple Daily and then at the end of Apple Daily they'll say, okay, you see guys, everyone else will just stay in line because they don't want the same fate to happen to them. Okay, well, uh, Keith, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Keith Richberg there, President of the Royal Correspondence Club, Director and Professor of Practice at the Journalism and Media Studies Centres at the University of Hong Kong. And many thanks to Clement Wu. Thank you, Mr Wu. Uh, Wu Kinman is DAB member, Chairman of the Taipo South Area Committee, former member of the Taipo District Council. Uh, one more comment. This is from uh, Andrew Kay, uh, who heard earlier said that uh, Steve has little knowledge about China. Uh, Andrew Kay says, so Steve finds my comment amusing, but he also did not answer my question, implying his knowledge is largely second-hand. Steve, do you want to...? Oh, come on. I mean, I, th I thought this was a show for grown-ups. Of course I've been to China many, many times. I've been reporting on it for about something like 40 years. If, let's have an adult conversation, not, not this sort of schoolyard insults. Okay. Uh, all right. On other topics, Mr. Pink says, I read this morning that U.S. investment bank Morgan Stanley will bar unvaccinated employees in the U.S. from entering its New York offices. This follows in the footsteps of BlackRock, the world's largest fund management group, which last week told its U.S. staff it would only allow fully vaccinated workers to return to the office next month, while neither firm is firing non-vaccinated employees. Uh, this move clearly ostracizes this group. Uh, under question, under Hong Kong employment law, can Hong Kong companies legally implement a single policy? If so, they should perhaps, uh, they should, perhaps should, because it would further accelerate Hong Kong's vaccination rate. Uh, and uh, Alison says the New York Times isn't considered as the most China-friendly newspaper, so some people may treat its articles on the country with a grain of salt. Nonetheless, a report from yesterday's edition entitled They Relied on Chinese Vaccine, Now They're Battling Outbreaks, is of interest. In a nutshell, the article... Uh, which quotes a virologist at the University of Hong Kong. I think that's Jin Dongyan. I think that's... Is that the woman who left? I'm not sure. Uh, raises questions about the efficacy of Chinese COVID vaccines. Here's one excerpt from the New York Times piece. Quote, in the Seychelles, Chile, Bahrain and Mongolia, 50 to 68% of the population have been fully inoculated, outpacing the United States. All four ranked among the top 10 countries with the worst COVID outbreaks as recently as last week, according to data from the New York Times. And all four are mostly using shots made by two Chinese makers, Sinopharm and Sinovac. This type of report will only raise local scepticism towards Chinese vaccine. Perhaps the Hong Kong government, as well as commentators like Professor Ben Cowling, should address these concerns. Meanwhile, the Hong Kong government should order more Biontech vaccine 
vaccines to make sure they're available beyond the current September deadline. Thank you very much indeed for that. That's back chat at rthk. Uh, .hk. Uh, Bowen says uh, Martin's comments about me in last Friday's back chat have come to my attention. Needless to say, his description of me as a sinophobe, like his other previous descriptions of me, is purely a figment of his imagination. I just don't see how the indifference of his camp to the stagnancy which Chinese civilization has entered into for so long is justified or beneficial to China and the world. That stagnancy was possible and tolerable up to the 19th century because it used to be thought China was the only state which mattered in the world. The peaceful and smooth operation of the modern world required states to abide by basic principles like Pacta Sunt Savanda and to respect the basic freedoms and rights of individuals and groups. The lack of evolution of China's cultural and political norms is the root cause of the ongoing and worsening clash between China and other advanced cultures. Uh, and uh, more comments on uh, aspects of COVID by Paul and Doug. I think we'll maybe postpone those uh, to a little time because we just wanted to, to finally turn to the issue of uh, Taiwan and Taiwan's representatives uh, uh, in Hong Kong. Taipei has said that some of the services it provides in its Hong Kong office will be moved online after most of its staff uh, returned to Taiwan. The Mainland Affairs Council said the decision uh, to send the uh, staff home was made in the light of unreasonable political Conditions. The office said its staff had been asked to sign a statement to support the One China policy in order to have their work visas extended. Joining us for comment now, we have Mark O'Neill on the line. Uh, Mark, good morning to you. Good morning. He's an author and a China analyst, uh, I should say. Uh, what do you make of this? Um, Taiwanese, there's always been a kind of un, uncomfortable kind of relationship, hasn't there, between, between Hong Kong, and at least officially, uh, between Hong Kong and uh, uh, Taiwanese uh, authorities. Uh, what do you make of this latest development? Well, this demand was first made in 2018. So since then, the Taiwan government hasn't been able to send any more staff here, and the ones whose visas ran out had to go back. Now, the Taiwan position is that this is against the bilateral agreement signed in 2011 between uh, Taiwan and Hong Kong establishing the two offices. Now, obviously, this is a decision taken in Beijing. It's not a decision taken in Hong Kong. And I think what it reflects is the fact that previously Beijing believed that it could make a deal with the Kuomintang. So once the DPP was out of power and the KMT was back in power, uh, Beijing would be able to talk to the Kuomintang and make some kind of accommodation. But I think the situation now is Beijing has given up. The new leader of the Kuomintang after the election this year said that he could not accept one country's new systems. There was no market for this in Taiwan. Now, that's the only offer on the table from Beijing's side. So the KMT leader said we won't accept this. So I think Beijing has concluded there's nothing to discuss. So they're closing, they've closed already the official uh, relations between the two sides. And this office has been always a very useful sort of semi-official relations between the mainland and Taiwan. But this decision indicates that Beijing considers it's, that's no longer useful either. I mean, what, what you say, Mark, is very interesting. I mean, obviously, Beijing has never liked the DPP, the ruling DPP, and has always thought that, that they'll do a deal with the Kuomintang. Are you now saying that the Kuomintang in Taiwan has moved to such an extent that Beijing also doesn't think they can do a deal with them? Well, yeah, because public opinion in Taiwan has changed, and Taiwan is a democracy, so the Kuomintang has to... Um, 
reflect that public opinion. And, you know, the, the behavior of Beijing, especially the military behavior of Beijing in the last two years, has been so severe that the Taiwan public opinion has moved uh, increasingly against China. So if the KMT is too pro-Beijing, they, they, they won't win local elections or national elections. So we're really in a, a dead corner at the moment because there's nobody in Taiwan with whom Beijing can talk. And this is a very ominous development. If there's no diplomatic or political route... Does this mean the only future is going to be a military or outcome or a blockade? Is that what's going to happen? Well, I was going to ask you precisely that. I mean, there is increasing war talk. Do you think that that, that, um, that is sheer alarmism or are we actually moving closely to something that will um, escalate? Well, I think, I think what we're now in is what we call a grey war, <clears throat> which is, and <clears throat> I don't think Beijing wants it, actual military conflict, but they want to uh, intimidate the uh, DPP government. They want to persuade all its allies around the world to dump Taiwan and recognize Beijing. Uh, They want to put maximum pressure on other countries in the world to minimize their links with Taiwan. They want to isolate Taiwan politically and economically. And this is the strategy. And the military manoeuvres are part of this. But no, I don't think they want to have a war. No, not yet. And and how does Hong Kong fit into this? Well, I I, I think this is a very sad outcome for Hong Kong because, as you know, tens of thousands of Taiwan people live in Hong Kong. It's a very important centre for Taiwan companies investing in in China, keeping their assets here. Many of them have their China headquarters here. These people, they need some sort of consular help and they need guidance. And and now they they can't get it. They can only speak to local uh, employees. It's also bad for Hong Kong people who want to go to Taiwan for tourism, to study, for immigration. You know, that now has become much more difficult because there's no Taiwan official. Well, sorry, there's still one left, but he's leaving soon. There will soon be no Taiwan official in Hong Kong. So... Although the the background to this is the big politics between Taiwan and China, the Hong Kong citizens and the Taiwan citizens who live here are the losers in this outcome. Okay, well, Mark O'Neill, many many thanks. Uh, James uh, Kay in an email says, Taiwan has the best food ever. Hong Kong is just jealous. Also, the guys are so handsome. (laughs) That's uh, from uh, James Kay. Thank you very much indeed for that. Mark O'Neill, thank you very much indeed. Author and uh, China analyst. Uh, As I say, a variety of uh, emails. I think we'll keep back maybe the the ones uh, related to uh, COVID. um, uh, The couple here that uh, came in before the programme, excuse me if I read them out before, I don't think I have. Uh, CW says, last week my heart sank when I heard John Lee talking. It made me realize that Hong Kong is becoming like Monte Carlo with North Korean characteristics. The public were assured the new national security law would be uh, nothing to be worried about and not used that often and press freedoms untouched. Now it seems to be used on a daily basis, even if you were doing your laundry. Is it right to have someone locked up for nearly a year awaiting trial for flying a flag on a motorbike? Quite sad the direction and path Hong Kong are heading down. 
And uh, Derek says, uh, Dear Backchat, the national security law can be whatever the party wants it to be, so if the party decides that someone, this week Apple Daily, is guilty of thought crime, then that someone has breached the national security law. Everyone needs to keep their heads down, their hands clean, and think only good thoughts. China is double plus good. That comes uh, from Derek. Uh, Matthew says, uh, Nonsense, Hugh. My first question to Clement is clearly linked to the reduction of media freedom. Do you just find it uncomfortable to ask? Also, you didn't read this important point I made. Hugh, I don't think Apple or anyone really has an issue with China or people from China. The issue is with the CCP. You'd better choose your words very carefully or you will be inadvertently spruiking CCP logic. Spruik, I had to look up. Uh, it means, do you know, promote or publicise? Oh, interesting. It's Australian slang, apparently. And um, and a cheer for Steve, as well, from Vic, who says, Dear Backchat, Steve is learning fast. Liked his controlled aggression. That's uh, from <laughs> uh, Vic. Thank you very much indeed, uh, one and all, for uh, joining in. We'll be back at 8.30 tomorrow. Leaving you now with the weather. It's going to be cloudy with occasional showers today. The showers will be heavy at times with squally thunderstorms. Temperatures up to about 29 degrees today. The outlook, there will still be heavy showers and squally thunderstorms early tomorrow. The showers will lessen gradually in the following few days. 27 degrees at the moment. Relative humidity is now at 87%. With better understanding of dementia, we can help build a dementia-friendly community. Your care and support for people with dementia and their families can help them feel understood and accepted, as well as live a better life. Visit the Social Welfare Department website to learn more about the Dementia-Friendly Community Campaign. Join the related courses and register as a dementia friend. Turn your care and support into action now. And 33, the news now with Samantha Butler. The trial for the city's first national security suspect will begin at the High Court this morning. 24-year-old Tong Ying Kit is charged with terrorism and inciting secession for allegedly driving his motorbike into a group of police officers while flying a protest flag that read Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times. He also faces an alternative charge of causing grievous bodily harm by dangerous driving. A media lecturer says no other newspaper could fill the void left by Apple Daily when the pro-democracy paper folds in the coming days. Several senior executives from the company have been arrested and accused of colluding with foreign forces. Grace Leung from the Chinese University's School of Journalism says it will curtail press freedom as more journalists will exercise self-control. And health authorities in New Zealand are considering a possible lockdown for the capital Wellington after a visitor from Australia tested positive for COVID-19. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, great interpreter of Beethoven. And well, oh, so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council, co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the lift. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Wednesday here on The Morning Brew. Always a fun one, 10.40. Today, composer and conductor Colin Touchin returns for our weekly classical music chat. And today, he wants to know what makes a piece your favourite. There is something, there are a few things actually, what makes you come back time and time again to a piece or pieces.